Welcome to Politics Welcome. and Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning to the United States of America. Of course, good morning to Texas, which I got out of order. Good morning to the United States. And good morning to all over the world. Good morning to Louisiana. Good morning to East Texas. Bowman, everybody. Hey, we're going to have a great show for you today. This is for everybody. How art thou doing? It's a few days before La Navidad, the Christmas, or whatever you celebrate during the holidays. Anyhow, before I get started, I want to send it right back to our geniuses in the studio. Good morning, Henios. Oh, I am such a Grinch. I'll be so glad when this stuff is over with. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Why are you I a am, Grinch? I am the Grinch. My daughter's a Grinch, too. <laughs> What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong for Christmas to Grinch? Oh, it's just, you know, the commercialism of it all. Buy this, buy that. What are you getting me for Christmas? And yada, yada, yada. You know, it just makes me sick. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting, man, because... uh I used to be very Christmassy. I used to love Christmas. And uh, over the last several years, it's been uh, just, I, I've lost it. Put it that way. I've lost it. But you know what? I haven't lost. I haven't lost saying, hey, I still want to hang around my peeps. I want to hang oh, around man. my peeps. Yeah, there's always that. And, you know, that's, yeah. that's the good part about it all. You know, the the family getting together and the, the good times and the stories and such. The food, yes. the beer, the football. Well, yes. there is that, yeah, but in the, sometimes the shootouts too, but we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but you know, the thing is, and I, I, I keep the television set and the radio on all the time. So I hear uh -huh. all this, buy this, buy that, you know, and every one of our Christmas songs or Christmas carols as such have been turned into commercials. Yeah. It just, it's, it's, it just makes me ill. I think, yeah. oh, we've got to, I call it the annual greed fest. Yeah, yeah. that evil Santa, he's a capitalist. Well, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> did you see the news yesterday in oh, Colorado? Yes, that's oh, how we're, yeah. we're, yeah. we're starting there, man. That's where we're going to start this morning. And I hope to get some calls on that. You know, I have somebody finally had some cojones. To mm -hmm. take this man out and go, you are a criminal. You yes. do not, you do not uh, get voted for or get on the ballot in our state because you are a criminal. Yeah, and yeah. I was thinking, doesn't the presidential oath of office doesn't he say defend, protect? You know, in in the Constitution. The Constitution. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that in there? Yeah. Then how does it not apply to the president's office? What well, clown thinks that that doesn't apply to the president's office? Well, so this, go ahead. Yeah, the Supreme Court in in uh, Colorado sold some cojones. So let's see what the Supreme Court of the United States do next. But we'll see. Well, you know that they're they're neutered. They're yeah. neutered by the dollar. They got they got money problems. You know that too much <laughs> of it in, in their hands and. It's it's co-opted. It's co-opted. You know, it's yes. co-opted by big business. Yeah. One state is going to fall after another saying no. Somebody finally had the cojones. Way and, to go. You know, the, the chutzpah, as the Jewish people would say, they have the chutzpah mm -hmm. to go ahead and 
get this done and get it done right. Now, I think Jack has some wisdom for us before I pop off too much here. Well, it's the same subject of, you know, I personally applaud the Colorado Supreme Court for disqualifying Donald Trump from running in their state election for president. This is truly a moral and constitutional action against an insurrectionist and a rapist. Now, Joe Biden is no saint. He works for the same moneyed interest that Trump does. He may be the lesser of two evils, but what I'd like to see is a dream team of progressive Democrats carry the torch of democracy. Don't you know a dream team would throw the right into the panicked chaos? Well, that would be the that would be the hope that I would have too. Yes. But yay, Colorado, yay, Putzbah, go for it. You no, know, you know, sometimes when I say the right, I'm talking about the wrong people. I'm talking about the moneyed interests, the corporate interests that are that are the really the bad players in all this. Well, Jack, just remember when it all turns to fascism, they're gonna come for the capitalists too. They're on the list. Yep. So when you buy a politician, you're buying a rat or a snake. So consider that. Hey, show again. No, I mean, listen, I, I, I look, let me tell you, uh, this is how we start. And this is where we get the good ideas. And did you realize for the last two shows, you guys changed the confounded show, man? Just like I say, people can call in and change the show. Brother Jack and Brother Howard changed the show on me the last two days. But you know what? Oh, well, that's, that's what you should do is not throw it to the control room. <laughs> no, well, no, no. That's what I love. That's what I love. At least you know? we're on the right topic. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, that is what it's all about. But to our great audience out there, uh, I'm glad that uh, Jack started out. And actually, Howard started out today on the subject of Colorado. So let's go ahead and talk. The title of the show today is Trump was disqualified in Colorado. Will Biden change his tune after a terrible poll? The Colorado Supreme Court disqualified Trump from running in Colorado. We all know why. Biden's polls are tanking. Will he change his stance and beer hug of Benjamin Netanyahu and his genocide? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But let's get started here. Uh, last night, uh, completely surprising to me, I saw the news popped on the Chiron saying Donald Trump disqualified in Colorado from running, from, from being on the primaries. Now, here's the thing. I, I must admit that I don't quite understand completely because they removed him for, from the primaries. But does that mean that somehow he can still be a on, on the main ticket? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. And I hadn't uh, spent the time to do any profound type of researching or anything of that sort. But the Colorado Supreme Court disqualifies insurrectionists. Trump from the 2024 ballot. Colorado's Supreme Court on Tuesday, from this is from Common Dreams, ruled that former U.S. President Donald Trump, the 2024 Republican presidential frontrunner, is barred from holding future office under the 14th Amendment's insurrection uh, clause due to his incitement of the January 6, 2021 
capital attack. In a decision likely to be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, the Colorado Justices Rule 43 that Trump's effort to thwart the peaceful transition of presidential power for the first time in the nation's history rendered him constitutionally ineligible to hold office, to hold elected office. The majority found that, and it was a 4-3 decision, the majority found that, uh, that, that a state court did not err. Remember the state court earlier made that claim. The state court did not err in concluding that President Trump engaged in insurrection through his personal action before on, and on January 6th. Enacted after the Civil War, uh, uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment bars from public office any officer of the United States. And yes, Donald Trump, even though you'll have some that would say that the Constitution doesn't specifically say it, uh, Donald Trump is, in fact, an officer of the United States. Uh, who takes an oath to uphold the Constitution and subsequently participates in an insurrection or rebellion against the U.S. government, they do not have the right to hold office. President Trump asks us to hold a section that Section 3 disqualifies every oath-breaking insurrectionist except the most powerful one and that it bars oath-breakers from virtually every office, both state and federal, except the highest one in the land. The sum of these parts is this. President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president because he is disqualified. It would be a wrongful act under the election code for the secretary of state to list him as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot. What are your thoughts about that, people? What are your thoughts? The president can let, let me let me just be honest first. When I first saw the news, I, I first said, yeah, that is great. My second thought was, but I so much would prefer to understand, to see that America is willing to beat him badly, like, like he did get a beating in 2020 once again. But, you know, uh, sometimes you then say, should we take chances? I have a lot more to say, but since we have a caller... I want to jump to Harry and folks, you can start calling now. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Hit extension 2 to be on air. Let's go. Harry, uh, what say you? Hallelujah, Humberto Willis. And hallelujah to uh, Howard and uh, Jack Vandever. Uh, I've been praying for this. I was so happy. Uh, I was just so full of enthusiasm when I heard the news about Colorado doing this. They've been pushing more of this, and they're talking about other states doing it. What worries me, though, about all this is the federal Supreme Court, because it's 63 in favor of those right-wing rats, as Howard puts it, um, <laughs> they would uh, try to strike this down and to keep Trump on that ballot. Now, I know the Trump team is trying to appeal it, so let's just keep uh, the faith and hope that um, uh, the right thing gets done, and Trump uh, is taken off the ballot, and he will he will be disqualified for the, the Seditious Act. People got killed in that thing on January 6th. He did not uphold the Constitution, and so he needs to just be off the ballot and be in our rearview mirror. And I do want to say something about immigration. When we were talk, 
talking when I was talking yesterday, Alberto, you did make me think when you said that you were a little disappointed. But when I I thought about that and I couldn't really go into that those things. Um and I did talk I did mention to Steve that you have to do it the way Alberto Willis did it when he became a United States citizen. You went through all the proper channels. But I will say that um what half what I will say about that is uh Greg Abbott and his bill is a joke. It's just a joke, you know, what they do. And I, I did say this on this show, um, I think a few months back. Um, these uh, corporations and they just, um, they hire these people that are illegal. They wouldn't, they should be the ones held accountable. And I made those comments about what Barry said. They're the ones who should be penalized for hiring people who are illegal. They're, they're the ones that um, should be stopped from doing this because if you didn't hire these people, they wouldn't come here. That's the whole point. They come here because they have um, no opportunities in their own country, whether it's Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Mexico, all those places. That's why they come here to feed their families. It was a good thing that um, Obama did that thing with DACA for people who were brought here and they had a chance to, uh, under that program, and praise the Lord, Trump was not able to destroy that, that they could become an American citizen. But that thing is a joke. Um because they 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 use you and lose you, and then they uh, bring some more in here. So they're just doing that to appease the American people to make them think that they're doing something. And and that that Abbott is just terrible with his uh, also funding the border wall, and also um, him doing the um, let's see. Um, well, I, that, I get um, you know what, Harry, I, I get you. Please, let me just please, say this. Please. Harry, yesterday when I said I, I was disappointed, it wasn't it wasn't a personal statement. Let me first get that straight. It because your sentiment is a sentiment. I th believe it or not, is a sentiment of the majority of people. If you do a polling with regards to the border, etc., because it is so out of control, that is in fact the sentiment. What I try to say, uh, what I was trying to put out there, is that. A lot of us have this sentiment because we don't have all the information as far as causality, etc. Um, I, 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 I would be, I, I am happy that, and your tonality says it all. I mean, you, you're always willing to listen to how things are, as, as, as most people are think are. And when we bring this all back around to, yeah, when we bring this all around back yeah. to even, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. What do you want to say? I was going to say, listen and learn, because right. we all don't have it all. And like politics done right, and you talk with Steve Hunter. What you guys try to do is you try to inform us. You know, you try to misinform us. Like uh, you try to get rid of the um, 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 the messages that are misinforming the propaganda. Right, and, and exactly. Thank you, thank you, Harry. And what I'm trying to, and, and you're correct. And what I what I must say is that it is. Our job, those of us who have a platform, right, whatever that platform is, even if it's you on Facebook or you on Twitter that have a following base, it is the responsibility or to, that you should have to those who have developed faith in you to get it right, right? And one of the things yeah. that I try to do is when I hear these stories, it's not necessarily to say, well, Harry, I can't believe you say that. Now I don't like you anymore, Harry. No, it's not. That's not the case. No, We're all that. judged by the information we get and how it's presented. So I understand. And that's why I will continue to make the tell the stories about what's really going on 
as to why we have this flood at the border. And it doesn't start with these people being at the border or the coyotes or anything like that. It's a lot deeper. And when we understand it, we do better. But thank you so kindly, Harry, for being our, con uh, for being our consistent exactly. caller here well, to open the door. So you have a wonderful rest of your day, you my well, brother. I like to listen to you because you clear, you clear things up and you uh, get rid of the confusion. And uh, when you. people are... Uh, like you said about all the information, uh, you, like you said, um, you try to clarify and clear that up to get people to think and so and uh, and to help people in their thinking when maybe they're being led astray or they don't exactly. have all, all and all of us and and by the way, all of us, uh, yours yeah. truly as well. I can be led astray if I don't if if I don't keep, keep up to speed with the thing. It's uh, it applies to all of us. Thank you, Harry. I got to go to Johnny. Come on in, brother Johnny, the mayor of politics then right how are you doing johnny well i'll tell you the same thing i told magic jack a few seconds ago when he asked mm -hmm. me how i was doing i'm feeling like that Beatles song i'm so tired yeah <laughs> and then harry had to call in and reminded me what he said yesterday about immigration so here we go it's going to be short and simple then i gotta turn and go back to bed okay immigration is part of the human condition. Immigration is part of the human condition. It's as American as apple pie and baseball and American foreign policy. I'm done. Thank you, Johnny. Have a wonderful day. And don't you go to sleep. You need to listen to politics done right, brother. What are you talking about? Anyway, love you, Johnny. Let's go to Eugene. Come on, Eugene. How are you doing this morning? How you doing, sir? I just want to tell you, I enjoy your program. I listen to it every morning. Uh, I'm a, a native Houstonian, a law-abiding citizen. And about Trump, he, he, need, he needs to be either executed or put in Ooh. prison. With Trump. Like you, when you uh, come across a venomous snake, how do you get rid of it? You get rid of the head. And uh, as far as immigration, I live around in the area in Houston where there's a lot of uh, migrants. And there's nothing wrong with those people. They come over here, they buy their own business, they, they do, they want a, a job to support their families. Nothing wrong with that. It's been like going on for years, you know? And uh, if, if there's a problem over there on the border, the problem is with the United States. They need a to correct the process better. Eugene, you. you're a wise man. Thank you so kindly. Except I don't want to execute Brother Trump. I just want to throw him in jail because he's guilty. But Eugene, thank you so kindly for your call and uh, your wise words. We're on the same page. Yes, sir. Thank you, my brother. Let's go to El Señor Augie. How is my brother Augie doing? Hey, uh, Merry Christmas to everybody there. And, Merry uh, Christmas, Augie. I heard about uh, Howard. He was turning green. And now I understand he was becoming the Grinch. But uh, <laughs> this, uh, this was a miracle there that with Colorado, when things were going down, you know, and weren't feeling good. And then all of a sudden we had this miracle. And you were right about earlier about the capitalists. The capitalists backed Hitler thinking they could control him. But little did they know what he hadn't planned for him. And uh, and with Israel, Netanyahu is Israel's Trump. 
too. And hopefully they'll take care of him too. But anyway, Merry Christmas to all you guys and what you do. And uh, you give us a lot to think, and, and thanks for spreading the word. Thank and, you uh, very much, Augie. I appreciate I, 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 I hope you – go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and uh, I can't uh, wait to hear what you got to say tomorrow. Great. Look, brother, thank you very much. Uh, uh, you are a great person, great supporter of our station and what we do. You have a wonderful day, Augie. All right, let's go to Alan. Alan, how you doing, Alan? Alan? Yes, because of fear of war and climate change, uh, some of the bottlenecks of the world, the Straits of Hormuz, Suez Canal, and the Panama Canal. For various reasons, cargo ships are not able to get through. So you might want to comment with that. So All right, let, let, let me just say, I'd like to comment on that. Before you go, Alan, I want to comment about that. Um, you remember with the pandemic, we had the supply chain problem that was inflicted by uh, the pandemic and work stoppages around the world and, and all of that. It created a supply chain problem, created, had the problem with inflation. Uh, the mismanagement of Israel and the, the Israel-Hamas uh, war has the same potential for the kind of traffic and and the traffic isn't going to the bottleneck is not going to be the panama canal anymore because the panama canal can now t except for the drought that i think is sort of getting alleviated except for the drought that's because we need the waters from the we need fresh water to move the ships from one sea to the next but um that uh, we created some new locks in panama that can take some of these bigger ships so the bottleneck that used to be there is no longer there between the two oceans now the bottleneck that the Suez canal to the i think it's to the i don't remember ritzy it's a different story altogether and that is a problem that could create this supply chain issue and it should not have been if we hadn't jumped onto this just in time inventory crap that made a windfall for for a one-time windfall for the corporatists but I digress. Um, the only reason we'll have that supply chain problem is because of the, these guys not having created the, a structure that built into the system these things that can occur. And number two, that Biden has completely screwed up the Israel-Hamas problem. Anyway, what else would you like to say, Alan? Uh, that's it. Uh, you covered it well. So I'll throw this baby out with the bathwater. Thank you, my brother. You have a wonderful rest of your day and happy holidays to you, sir. Anyway, folks, uh, getting back onto the subject of, uh, look, we all know in election number one, 2016 for Donald Trump, he got beat by 3 million votes. That's a substantial number. In election number two, Oh, wait, wait a minute, though. And he, it, it, even though he got beat in 2016, he won by about 80,000 votes in the states where he needed to win. In 2020, Donald Trump lost, but uh, he, uh, he lost by a much larger percentage of votes. Seven 
near, I think it was near 8 million, but like, I know for sure, 7 plus, 7 million plus votes he lost by, a huge number. But he only lost the election by 40,000 votes. Welcome aboard, Eric Hayes. No, I'm not denying the election result when Donald Trump won. I'm not, I never, I don't think I ever denied it. I said it was, there were issues with the election because of propaganda that came from Russia and other places. And all of that has been proven factually. But hey, Hillary could have done the same thing. Facebook offered Hillary the ability to do some, uh, to put a, a person in her office who understood the, the, the Facebook algorithms, etc. And with her cockiness, or I should say not her cockiness, but the, uh, her campaign's cockiness, they disregarded that. They disregarded uh, 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 Michael Moore. When Michael Moore informed them that Michigan was in danger, they ignored him just at the last minute. They ran to Detroit. They forgot uh, he, when he told them Pennsylvania was in danger, just the last minute, they went to, uh, they went to uh, Philadelphia. So here's the deal. So I'm not denying 2016. Donald Trump won the Electoral College in 2016. He lost the popular vote, which is we the people's vote. He lost in 2016. That is a fact. In 2020, he lost by 7 million votes, but his, his losing margin was less than uh, his winning margin, which means he could actually be president again, even though he will never get the popular vote. All right. So he, he only lost by 40,000 votes in the Electoral College in 2020. And that's why a lot of people are acting scared. To which I say, what people need to do is to do their jobs. Respect people, talk to people, and get uh, and go to where people are at. I asked everybody a few days ago to watch a YouTube program on the poorest place in America, which is Appalachia, the, the Appalachia region in West Virginia, who is a distinctly red Trump voting area. I just don't understand. And, and I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, West Virginia ain't all that far from the elitists in Washington, D.C. I just don't understand how we are not flooding those depressed areas with true caring Democrats who are saying this town went to, to hell because of the policies of the people you support. And here is what I am going to do for you. As your representative, as your congressperson, as your senator, Mansion, you supported Mansion for several years. Now you are going to switch from Mansion to support the former, uh, the, the, the current governor of West Virginia. I would be in all of these places talking to these people, showing these people that I care. That's what I would be doing. Because neglect, you know, um, whenever there's neglect, you know, we have forced neglect in this country right now. As people have to work as hard as they work right now, we get latchkey kids, forced neglect, right? Forced neglect. And what do latchkey kids become? 
many of them do the wrong thing. And then that wrong thing turns into many times criminality. And then as a people, we complain about the criminality and we go ahead and we lock them up. And we try to get these Kim Og type, uh, Kim Og type uh, district attorneys that they are law and order and they're going to lock them up. And they're going, you know, I don't see them taking that stance with Donald Trump, who finalists, a, a court got some cojones to do something about. The biggest criminal in our country right now is Donald Trump. He's not suffering the consequences. But we want to lock up those poor kids who are latchkey because of the policies that those on the right, Republicans and neoliberal Democrats, because of the policies they support. Right. All of these things are tied in together, my friends. It, this is when I when I switch in this way, none of this is off subject. All of these things are intertwined. And America is about to potentially give Donald Trump a second look because they are so frustrated with what they perceive as the failures of Biden. And by the way, I I, got to say this. I disagree with Biden on Israel. But economically speaking, even as the stuff hasn't trickled down, based on what we had done so far biden biden was the best between those two to run you know uh his economy is uh what is solid I, I am sorry the economy based on the capitalist structure of any neoliberal is as good as it's going to get under this type of system understand that we decided as a country that we wanted the person that's more in the middle, right? That's what we wanted at the time that we elected Biden by 7 million votes. And for the most part, Biden has come through it quite a bit for those of us who are progressives who understand the things that people say that they want. But people, as they say the things that they want, the policies that they want, too often they don't realize who is actually going to give them that policy that they want. Which is which in general are progressives, so they elect the Bidens. And again, I, I I was not a fan of Biden. I voted for Biden. If Biden is a candidate again, I will vote for Biden again, and I will advise everybody to vote for Biden again if that's a choice. I would love to have another choice, but that's if that is a choice, that's who I will vote for. I'm I'm just saying that's who I will vote for. I can't tell you how to vote on these channels, but I can tell you that's who I'm going to vote for and who I think others, if they're looking for the policies that support them, would likely want to support. Now, Donald Trump, as Colorado did the right thing constitutionally, I I am of mixed feelings because I think Donald Trump's people would do well to see him beat badly. And I mean beat badly, but to do so, there has to be a movement, a ongoing movement, not of retribution of those who support Donald Trump, but a movement of engaging all Americans 
including those who uh, engaged Donald Trump. Ray called yesterday to my three o'clock show, and Ray had the most profound statement when he said, even my family are reluctant voters. He said, Egberto, you're always saying, let's go ahead and work to get the right to vote. But we got to get to everybody. You listen to what Brother Howard says all the time. We got to get people voting and we have to get people voting their interests. But what uh, Ray pointed out on the three o'clock show is that we are so apathetic right now that we think we can't make a difference. We're so apathetic. We don't think we can make a difference. And then he said something that was even worse. There are a group of people here who under who would not vote for, wouldn't spend the time or their energy to go out to vote and vote for Biden. They would not spend their energy or time to vote for Trump because they know Trump is no good. They know Trump is evil. They know Trump is a traitor. They know all of that. But here's what they also believe. They believe that it doesn't matter if Trump comes in as a fascist because their life, their well-being, their economic situation will not be different. And to some extent, I remember being in Arizona and speaking to a few group of folks out there and they, they threw their hands up in the air and they said, why? You know, it doesn't matter. If he's a fascist, let that let their, they do their fascist thing with their people. I'm still having to get up, work 80 hours a week, buy expensive food, and take it to my family. I still have to do that. Why expend the effort and the and to do it? And I when when Ray started to say all of that, I recalled. I was doing some canvassing in the Latino communities off of behind um, behind uh, the what's the the football the the soccer stadium. I said football because in Panama football is soccer, but the soccer stadium. And I was doing some canvassing in those areas out there, and most of the Latinos out would be telling me, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, it doesn't really matter. We don't vote this and that. And especially my Mexican Latinos, my, and my Colombian Latinos, the, a lot of the other Latinos, they, you know, they were going to come out and vote, but these others weren't going to vote. And I saw the thread, right? And the thread was most of these guys weren't going to vote. And most of the Latinos that I saw there that were strong about voting were Republicans. And in fact, one of them kicked me off his yard. His mother was talking to me and she was talking and we were giving her the advice as far as why to support. It was during, I think that one was during the, the second Obama campaign, if I recall, why, uh, you know, we should support this ticket, et cetera, et cetera. And she was saying, yes, and that's what I'm going to do. And uh, the son runs out of there and he's, uh, you know, I'm always friendly. I goes and I put my hands out to shake his hand and he slapped my hand away. And he said, get off of my yard. I said, but can I uh, just uh, get off? You know, and I said, um, uh, sir, can I? And then he said, I'm a Republican. And, uh, you know, and he, and he just started calling the right wing phraseology. And I'm looking at his living condition and where he works. And I just looked at him and I said, why? And he ran me off of his yard before I got a chance to have a, 
a good conversation. So there, there's that as well. But what we got to do, folks, what we have to do is continue the engagement. Because what Ray called in and said is for all of those who think, I'm not talking about the Latino guy that just said, I'm, I am a Republican, even though his mother thought otherwise. The, the, most, the most important folks are the ones that Ray spoke about. The ones that said, it doesn't make a difference what the political system is in my life, because that's dangerous. And why is that dangerous? Because he's right about one thing. If he is satisfied to just live, to just go to work and exist and bring home food for his family and nothing else, all the powers that be, the capitalists that be, the fascists that be, they're they are living on a different plane. And he's right. He will continue living his life of hard work, little to look forward to, but that's there's all there is to it. To which I say, and which I told Ray, that is who we have to get to. We have to let these folks understand that they can make a difference. And I, I praise a good friend of mine that I have on this show several times, Daniel Cohen, because we did something recently in the Democratic uh, Executive Committee. And in that Democratic Executive Committee, uh, we went up against the status quo. We went up against the neoliberal institution and won. Organizing brought people out, even though the establishment thought that they had their posse to overcome because they thought they knew what they had. And it won. We organizing wins. So for those who are scared, quote unquote, square scared about Trump and are happy to see what occurred in Colorado, be happy that he got removed because constitutionally he should be removed. But don't fear if he stays on after the Supreme Court runs. Don't fear. Because if we go out there and do the job and show people that their vote matters, like, like our Brother Cohen organize to get the vote to matter and show that it can matter, your vote matters. Marlene, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Hi, good morning. I just love Good. this program about voting because it's so important. And and I'm willing to bet that the majority of people that vote, it's a generational thing. I remember, I'm 63, and I remember mm -hmm. as a child, my parents taking me to vote. I And I'm raising, I have six daughters, they all vote. I am mm -hmm. currently raising two grandchildren. And last, you know, the last area election, this past um we went early voted. I they have to come with me because mm -hmm. this is important. I want you to meet the people. I want you to be comfortable going in there, giving your name, whatever it is. If you have questions, I have questions that I ask, and and I want them to know the process. and And this is what we do as a citizen. This is our right. Don't let anybody take their right away from me. So I really enjoy your program talking about voting. 
Thank you so kind of Marlene. And Marlene, you are you are exactly what all of us should be doing. And let me just tell you that my daughter is is, is 32 now and uh, she's living at home right now because she's recovering from a stroke. And we go out there, uh, stroke leg and all. We go out there and I we jump into the car and I take her out there and we go out there and we vote. And, you know, we put that sticker on her forehead and, you know, she goes in there, walk into the machine and does her thing, you know? So, well, so, yeah. you know, some questions. I, I have, I have a few daughters that are teachers, but, and so during the past election with the bond issues, and, you know, I called and talked to them and they were, they're very, they're more informed than I used to be more, they would call and ask me. Now I call and ask them. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, it, doesn't that feel you know, good though? It does. It does. And and people that I work with, you know, questions, I'm like, well, you don't have to go on. And, you know, and I got reached out to my daughters and I just encourage, and I don't care how you vote, because I do believe that once you get in there and you see the process, that you get more in tune and then you want to know what the things are, you know, what are right. the issues? For the, you know, so I, I, I do believe that. Um, you know, everybody should vote. And, and you know, right now, the the big monster is Taylor Swift because she registered all these young people, you know, mm-hmm. so they're Republicans are just hating on her. And I'm like, really? Everybody, you should be encouraging everybody. If you have a program to stand on, you have issues that are important, people are going to vote for you. Mm-hmm. If you don't have them, then maybe you need to change. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, and, and like I said, and all of us have a job to do, Marlene. You're doing your job. All of us have a job to do. And that is, you know, when when somebody tells you I don't vote because or whatever, just never let it stay there. And you don't have to be disrespectful no. about it. You just have to go ahead and talk to the folks. And you know what is so funny, uh, Marlene, a lot of times you have a conversation with somebody and they leave the conversation and you are of the belief that you didn't get to them. But most of the times, believe it or not, you planted a seed. And even if it doesn't happen this time, it happens the next time. So the idea is keep engaging. I, I, I call us a, a, a country that suffers in silence. In other words, we have forgotten how to talk to the neighbor, forgotten how to, you know, I live in, in Kingwood and I, you know, every, you, you go on the streets and everybody is mm-hmm. on the inside and they don't talk. So the only places to talk right. is at Starbucks or the grocery stores. And you know what? I push myself on people. Some people probably say, who the hell is this dude? But that's what I think we got to start doing. Yes. Well, and, and I've done some political uh, walks like when Beto first came and stuff. And, you know, and I, I can relate to the gentleman that came out the door to you. And that's mm-hmm. probably, you know, you're talking about that time. That was, who was the Georgia sheriff in Arizona? He was big. Remember mm-hmm. him? Yes, um, I'm sure that had something to do with it, but um, you know, I, I I ran across a, a few a few people that that were not as friendly. You know, I, I mean, I'm not going to push it on you, but you know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm talking about. If you want to talk about it, if you have any questions, uh, you know, let me answer them. Yeah, there was a few people that came in my face, and I'm like, so you know, okay, you know, I just please please vote. That's all I can say. Marlene, you are a treasure, my dear. Thank you so kindly for your words. And thank you for listening. And you have a wonderful rest of your day, okay? Thank you. You too, sir. All right. Let's go to Mike. Come on in, Mike. Hey, how you doing? I'm enjoying your show. Thank you, you, sir. 
Um, yes. I, I wish you would. I wish you would do something very important to educate the people. Is one day examine, analyze, and explain what was Eisenhower's farewell speech in regards to oh, the very. Oh wow! Event. You are you yeah, are no, you just touched my heart, Mike. You just touched my heart. Okay. I mean, look, I'm a veteran, a business owner, and when I first moved down here, Houston, on and off, I am from Appalachia. Okay, I am from North Carolina at the Virginia Tennessee line. So I see the poor hillbillies. I see them. All right. Unfortunately, they are generationally uh, uneducated. That's just how people themselves. Okay. And that's their choice. Just like when you come down to South Texas, you have generations of Latinos that are amazingly uneducated. I have some relatives down in South Texas. I ask them questions, and they're going like, oh, when did that happen? And, and they don't know. Now, you know, see, here's an interesting irony. Okay, Mind you, I'm in the middle. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. Okay. But uh, how about this? Why is it every time you hear, we talk about Trump. We already know Trump's a uh, dirtbag. Okay. But, uh, I'll come every time if you hear that Biden's out on a vacation. He's hanging out with some hedge fund billionaire that's worth fifty billion dollars. Okay, <laughs> Biden is not in touch with the people at all. He's just a uh, unfortunately an empty suit puppet. Look, politics is simple. We in the American, I'm an American Indian. Okay? In our American Indian community, we have a saying: uh, two wings from the same bird." You know, um, I, I have another uh, analogy that I use, and that is uh, the, the way it works, the way I see the parties work right now, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, uh, they are all one is the left track and one is the right track. But tell me something about yeah. the tracks. Tell me something about the tracks. They're both going in the same direction, <laughs> right? They're both going right? in the same direction and rarely exactly. cross over. And what I told what I what I started telling our folks back in the early days is what we need is a derailment and I, I, I slow derailment. In other words, a derailment where the where we change directions, but we don't harm anybody. And that's what I'm into. Thank you for your call, Mike. You're you're a good man. And uh, and, and I, I'm I'm so glad that you mentioned Appalachia because people that are listening to me hear me use Appalachia a lot. And the reason why is. Um, for those who are not, uh, for those who don't get politics in the aggregate, don't quite understand why Appalachia holds an important key in our entire, for, both for the Electoral College and otherwise. If we if we concentrate on Appalachia, progressives are unbeatable. But anyway, we talk another time, Mike. Thank you so kindly for your call. Let's go to another Mike. Come on in, Mike. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Talk to me, sir. Yes, I've been to Appalachia, mm -hmm. and it needs a lot of help. Just like Detroit, I've been there also. Mm -hmm. The neglect of these places is pretty extreme. But about the border, mm -hmm. talk about how NAFTA has affected those areas down south, where they used to grow their own crops and they could right. produce a lot. Now these big corporations have come in 
and taking over, you got to buy their seeds at a higher price. And that pretty much ran the people out of the area who could support themselves and their neighbors. Talk about that in more in depth. And what's puzzling is that NAFTA affected south of the border more so than north of the border in Canada. Why is that? Wow, they suffer so much more south, and Canada's not feeling that kind of effect. You know, uh, you are a smart guy. I mean, let me let me tell you something, and also for you to notice that very interesting fact that somehow NAFTA affected south of the border more than north the north, the southern border more so than the northern border. Very observant. And it has always been a constancy in the way we do business, not only for NAFTA had to do with the trade between Canada, Mexico and uh, and the United States. You know, it's a free trade, free trade area. But that free trade didn't do very well for the people who grew, uh, grew their own stuff. And you mentioned a very important part that I actually put up in detail in my book, as I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right wing doom. Why did I put that out? You hit something so important. Seeds used to be something that any farmer, a southern farmer, a Mexican farmer or whatever, he he grew his crop of corn. He grew his crop of whatever. And then he kept, I don't know, 5% of those seeds or something like that and put them away to grow the next season. Then as 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 all these trades groups came along and 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 corporations started selling seeds, seeds now had Patents and copyrights. So you buy, you had to buy your seeds from corporations, with, at, which added a cost to you. Uh, you could not, you could, a, a country could no longer protect its farmers from what corporations did to those farmers. And voila, you get what we get today. And it's not only NAFTA, it's CAFTA and the others as well. Haiti can't grow rice because Americans, uh, they can't compete with the American rice farmer after those protections were removed. The same occurs in Honduras and, and Guatemala. And then we sit back at the border and say, uh, why are all those people coming here? They're not coming here because of uh, any, any prosecution out there. They're coming here because of... Uh, Economic reasons, as if economic reasons isn't a reason to come here and why many of the people who are already here hadn't come here. Mike, uh, there's a lot more to say. Uh, I, I wasn't completely prepared to talk about this particular subject, though I know it. Thank you for bringing it up, because I think as uh, as Harry was talking about before, we need to talk. We, we, not, we don't need to just say, look at the flood of people at the border. We have to understand why there is a flood of people on the border. And because, because we don't ask why, is why we can be so evil, to, why we can support an evil governor like the governor of Texas, who is actually doing the most inhumane tactics with those good people at the border. Thank you, Mike. You're a good man. Anything else you want to say before you go? Yes, about the two parties. Mm-hmm. Do the comparison contrast. Which party is at least fighting to get some of the regulations back, trying to buy, provide health care for the nation? And who's trying to get the taxes from those who've got the most, that contribute the most? Who's trying to do at least those three things compared to the party that's objecting to any and everything that's going to benefit the country? Also, one other thing. Could you 
go over the numbers compared to these tax cuts that was done by Reagan, Bush, and Trump. How much money is no longer in the Treasury if that money, if those tax breaks hadn't been enacted? I just read that number. I just read that number, Mike. You're, thank you for giving me the. I think it was some. Bit, if we if we look at these tax cuts that have occurred, that we have cost our treasury about thirty trillion dollars. In other words, we would be in balance right now. Okay, we would be in balance right now, absent the tax cuts that Reagan, Bush, and uh, Trump. The Trump in his little four years did. One point something, uh, uh, $2 trillion in tax cuts. But I tell you, worse, uh, worse, right? The fact of the matter is that this was done all on the backs of the average American voter who several times vote for these guys. And they sit back and not understand what it's all about. But so, yes, you're correct. The tax cut has been one of the most harmful things we've done. And they did it by they they tried to follow. They try to justify it by following an economist whose names was Arthur Laffer. There was this thing called the Laffer curve. The Laffer curve claimed that every single drop it, that there's a there's a particular curve that if you do that curve, as you drop as you drop taxes, you got more economic activity. It has it was written on a piece of Kleenex. It's the biggest lie we've ever had to live with. There's no difference between the private sector spending a dollar than the public sector spending a dollar. It's the biggest lie on the planet. Hey, I got to go to some other calls. Mike, thank you so kindly for your intelligent converse. Hey. All right, let's thank go you. to uh, Peter real quickly. Peter, I don't have much time, Peter. I'm running out of time. Well, good morning, Egberto, and uh, happy winter solstice to y'all. And I'm just ecstatic, obviously. I was cheering when I heard the news, the great news about, you know, Colorado Supreme Court. And, well, there's just some symbolism there. I'll make reference to it and then see what your thoughts are. So, uh, it was uh, as as we all know, it was January 6, 2021, and Donald Trump, he had leather gloves. So, I think that's his defense, like the OJ defense, like if uh, his fingerprints are on Peter, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that stand, Peter, because I only have two minutes and I gotta go to Bard. I let that stand. Thank you for that, Peter. Peter's running for uh, position number two. Check him out, Bard. Come on in. Real quick, Bard, you got 15 seconds. What are the legals given at the border? Why Why are they coming to the border? Good question. They give them a free cell phone, an airplane ticket to wherever they want to go. Okay, Bart, Bart, uh, Bart, I got to go, but stop listening to right wing crap. Please stop listening to right wing crap. That's not true. That's not true. I gave you the reasons what's happening at the border. We can talk about that another day. Let's go to Roberto. Come on in, Roberto, number three. Until we get rid of the electoral college. Yes, sir. Popular vote is never going to stand. Yes. Go ahead, Roberto. Yes, I'm saying until we get rid of this electoral college uh, stuff, the popular vote is never going to be heard. You are absolutely right. Roberto has it perfectly right. Who we want as who we chose or who we elected as as president or representative, then these electoral uh, or higher educated folks, I'm going to call it for a minute, electoral college folks, no, they need to go. Thank you, brother. 
Roberto, estoy donde una parada bien fijo. Thank you very much. You're absolutely right. Uh, Brian, real quickly, you got 30 seconds. Okay, you're totally wrong on NAFTA. NAFTA had nothing to do with Nicaragua, Guatemala, any of the southern countries. Kennedy took the tax rate from 94% to 70%. That spurred economic growth. Look it up. Yes, there's a big problem in the southern border. A big problem. And Thank you, created- Brian. Got to go, Brian. Got to go. Uh, I didn't I didn't bring Nicaragua and Guatemala in about NAFTA. I, I brought it in for other treaties as well. Anyway, let's pass it on to our studio. Alrighty then. Uh, I have nothing for you, but uh, Jack has some wisdom here. Well, uh, you know, they're building a wall down there, you know, right now is to keep people out. Who's to say it's not also being made to keep people in well, the, way <laughs> the, the, the way they twist things around? It could easily become a wall that keeps people in. Wow. Wow. Profound. Anyway, Jack, thank you very much for that. Anyway, folks, I want to thank all of you for spending some time with us. I want to thank uh, Howard and Jack. I want to thank all the wonderful callers that called in here. Uh, By the way, Bart, I just want to say that Bart, I'm not Bart, but Brian is correct. NAFTA only. And I think I said that, but I want to make sure people don't get it the wrong thing. NAFTA covered Canada. Mexico and the United States. There are other treaties that covered Haiti, the Caribbean, etc. That's that. So uh, Brian was correct on that. Anyhow, folks, uh, we got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.